0: You can either work in the business or you can work on the business. They have the knowledge and the skill to be successful. Yesterday is gone and tomorrow has yet to come. Dive all in on the next chapter of your life. Welcome to the ProServe podcast, a podcast for leaders of thriving boutique professional services firms. For those that might not be familiar with us, Collective 54 is the first mastermind community Focused exclusively on the unique needs of boutique professional services firms. My name's Greg Alexander. I founded Collective 54. I'm going to be your host today. On this episode, we're going to discuss a timely issue, and that is the best way, if there is one, to execute a downsizing. Some of our community members overhired during the pandemic when things were really, really good. And uh, the business, the macro environment has cooled a bit, and folks are now dealing with this difficult task of right-sizing their business. And it's a tough thing to do, so we wanted to have a guest on with us today who has been through this, who might be willing to share some do's and don'ts. And we're lucky that we have say Wook Kim with us, And uh, he's a member of Collective 54, and he's going to share a bit of his story. So, Saywook, it's good to see you, and thanks for being here today.
1: Hi, Greg. Yeah, thanks for having me.
0: Would you mind uh, giving a brief introduction of your company and and of yourself?
1: Sure. Um, So, like you mentioned, I'm Saywook. I'm a co-founder and COO at Barrel. We are a digital agency uh, founded in New York City, but now distributed around the world. Um, started the business in 2006 with my co-founder, Peter Kang, and we've been focused on uh, primarily designing, building, optimizing websites for our clients. Uh, recently, we've had a specialization in e-commerce with Shopify as a platform in particular.
0: Okay, very good. So I really appreciate you being here because this, this topic can be a little emotional and um, sometimes folks aren't willing to share what they learned. So I um, again, on behalf of the membership, appreciate you coming here. Maybe describe for us at thirty thousand feet, kind of what happened, and and as I hear more about your story, I'll maybe pick on a few things and ask some questions.
1: Sure. Um, So we um, so we've been in business since two thousand six, and we had never done a layoff in our history until twenty twenty two. Wow. So what happened? um, You know, through the history, you know, we mainly manage our um, slower periods of business through natural attrition, reducing contractor usage, or finding other opportunities to reduce costs. Uh, But in 2021, one thing that we uh, realized was um, we were on a pretty strong growth trajectory, uh, at least for us, growing about 30% year over year. And um, we entered Q3, Q4 with a significant pipeline of new work. And uh, we felt pretty positive about the pace of growth that we were uh, going through in that year. So with that, uh, with those wins behind us, we uh, decided to um, invest in our growth and I'll invest in quotes there. Um, So we decided to start a new discipline and invest in that and um, basically hire a full team with a director and several team members ahead of actually winning the business. And um, we hired a lot of new roles in anticipation of work coming um, back in 2021, we um, hiring was a pretty challenging environment for us. Um, There's a long lead time to hiring new candidates. So when the opportunity came to hire people, we decided to pull the trigger and um, we ended up hiring a lot more people than we needed. Um, so that that's um, how we entered uh, into Q4 of 2021. Um, so, once we got there, yeah?
0: Yeah, yeah, go ahead.
1: Yeah, once we got there, Uh, What we realized was we kept losing projects that we thought were promising. Um, And as we kept losing projects, we saw our revenue declining while our costs increasing. And um, we were trying to remain optimistic through this whole time saying, you know what, one or two projects could turn things around very quickly. Uh, But the sad reality was that we ended up not winning those projects.
0: You know, this is a very real problem. I mean, matching revenue to expenses, which in ProServe is largely headcount, is really hard, especially when you're running a project-based firm and the revenue might be lumpy. And there's always a debate. You know, do you wait until you have a signed contract to hire expansion headcount, which if you have long lead times to hire people can be really challenging, or do you hire, quote-unquote, ahead of demand and bet on your sales forecasts of being accurate. And then the business comes in and, and away you go. It's it's like <laughs> it's like I don't know, putting money on red and spinning the roulette wheel. So a little bit more about your firm. Are you like a lot of agencies where it's project based, or do you have some kind of recurring revenue? Like how far out into the future can you see things? Uh
1: see about sixty percent of our revenue now is um recurring revenue. Hmm. and 40% project base. Um, so pretty significant amount of uh, projects uh, uh, you know, that make up our revenue. Um, and uh, yeah, so that can make pretty big swings um, yeah. from a month-to-month standpoint.
0: Now back in 21, when you were experiencing this, was it 60-40 split back then?
1: I would say um, if I had to go back probably uh, a little bit less 50 okay maybe higher on the uh the project end versus yeah. uh, retainers
0: okay mm-hmm. and you know having now gone through this you know what lessons have you learned and what did you ultimately do and what advice would you have for our membership
1: yeah so the the biggest mistake that we met uh made was um we kept burning our costs so we had uh, monthly losses for four to five months before mm. we made any action. Um, so we, uh, so by February of 2022, we decided to make the decision, uh, to lay off about 15% of our team. It was a very challenging decision, um, especially cause we had just hired some of these team members mm. months prior. So we, um, you know, went through that and, uh, a lot of things that we, you know, learn through that process, doing it for the first time. Um, A few things that we changed in our business first, just being more transparent about our financial situation with the entire team. I felt like a lot of our team felt uh, a bit blindsided about the news um, because they just weren't in um, the same conversations that we were having. So there are a few key team members that knew about our new business pipeline, Not everyone really understood the financials. Um, So when the news came, a lot of people were surprised. Mm. Um, The second thing that we took away was that um, we need to make decisions quickly. I think uh, every, you know, when you're losing money, every day counts. Mm. Um, In hindsight, we should have made this decision in December, um, not February. um, Maybe even sooner when we saw the signs of a, the, um, the business not coming through. So I think the, the speed is something that, um, we really took away of, of just being swift with, um, making, um, cuts where needed. Mm.
0: And, and when you made the cuts and it's always unfortunate when this happens, but you know, from time to time cycles matter and you have to do this. How did you communicate it? Not only to the people that were being let go, but also the people that were staying?
1: Um, So we did as much planning as possible, where we would um, meet with uh, the the leadership team, the managers of these people, and in some cases, uh, team members that may have been directly impacted by uh, these people leaving. Mm -hmm. Um, So those were informal conversations. um, But once we did the formal layoff, um, we had a communications plan that we had laid out for the full team sending out an email on the day of the layoff saying this is what happened. And we followed up immediately the next day with an all hands meeting so that we could field any questions, really give everyone else the confidence of the business moving forward and the plan that we had for our account team mm-hmm. um, and uh, the plan, plan for the future. And then same thing for the clients. Um, in some instances, it's you know one-on-one call, let them know what's happening, uh, let them know who's taking over the account moving forward. Um, In other instances, it might be an email plus a call follow-up, but really trying to be as hands-on and present with the team and clients as possible. Yeah.
0: You you Mm -hmm. mentioned two big learnings. One was being more transparent with the financials, and the second was moving quicker. Um, On the moving quicker one, it's really hard because if you have this sales forecast and it says this work is coming <laughs> and then, mm-hmm. you know, you you hold out hope that the work's going to come in and you don't want to pull the trigger and let some people go. And then the work does come in and you got to go back and rehire them. So mm-hmm. um, any, any like practical advice around, I don't know, improving the sales forecast or something along those lines?
1: Um, in some ways, we've taken a very uh, worst case scenario approach to looking at our sales forecast. Yeah. Um, In a traditional sense, we have, you know, a waiting system for uh, where deals are um, in the pipeline. Mm. But um, just playing through scenarios of, you know, what happens if, you know, our estimates aren't correct and we end up uh, losing more than we expected. Um, We've, as a business, uh, been a little bit more conservative after this experience about hiring into full-time roles. So thinking about who can we bring on in a contract capacity or a part-time capacity, um, at at least to give us a flexibility. If we need to scale down, there's less impact overall to the team. Um, And just really running slim uh, with expenses and other uh, non-essential costs as possible, just so we have the uh, flexibility to extend our runway as much as possible.
0: Yeah. And then on the first learning, which is being more transparent and open about sharing the financials, sometimes our members are a little afraid to do that because, you know, if you start showing a deterioration in the business, it might make the employees nervous and some of them might quit and some, some of your stars might quit because they think their job might go away. How do you balance, you know, the need to do that with the fear of rattling some cages?
1: Yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely a fine line. Um, and it's, it's a bit of storytelling as well as sharing the numbers. Um, oftentimes the numbers, uh, you know, depending on who the person is at what level and their familiarity, it may seem overwhelming to, to see um, um, a bunch of numbers thrown at them from you know revenue to projections to margins. And um, we aim to be, just transparent with the numbers, sharing them as they are, but layer on what we're feeling about the business on top of it, saying, you know what? We have a lot of business in the pipeline that we feel confident for these reasons. um, And these are the actions we're taking to make sure that um, the business is stable. And if that's not the case, be honest about it, saying, you know, we're not too um, happy with how things are looking. We may have to do a layoff again, which, you know, that statement in itself does incite a lot of uh, kind of uncertainty and fear. But um, for the team members that we, you know, who are stars and who we definitely want to keep, we'll have the conversations to make sure that they feel comfortable about yeah. the situation.
0: Well, it's remarkable that for the first 15, 16 years of your firm being around, you, you never had a layoff. I mean, that's an incredible track record all of us eventually have to go through this and uh hopefully this is the last time you have to go through it for some time but we're at our time window here we try to keep these things short but for members that are listening to this a reminder that say will be on the friday q a session i've got about 25 more questions i'd like to ask him i'm sure everybody else does as well but we'll hold those for the uh for the friday session but, Saywook, on behalf of the member community, just wanted to thank you publicly for coming on the show and sharing your wisdom with us today.
1: Thanks. Yeah, thanks for having me.
0: Okay. And for those that are listening, a um, couple of calls to action. So if you're interested in joining our community and you're a thriving boutique professional services firm you want to meet interesting people like Saywook, um, go to collective54.com and fill out the Contact Us form, and a representative will get in contact with you. Um, if you want to read more about this subject, pick up our book called the boutique, how to start scale and sell a professional services firm. You can find that on Amazon. And if books aren't your jam, you're more interested in videos and podcasts and things like that, then you can subscribe to collective 54 insights. And, uh, there you'll get, uh, three things. You get a blog on Monday, you get a video on Wednesday, you get a chart on Friday and, uh, some really interesting content for you. But, uh, until next time, uh, thanks for listening, and uh, we'll we'll speak to Sewuk on the Friday Q&A. Thanks again.